telling you, we had great service this morning. Good preaching. Him and Brother Barnes both did. So you pray for him tonight, and he'll bring her first message. All right. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Thank God for it. Made the transition this afternoon over here. And again, I say with Pastor Gravely, we're glad to be here. And uh, man, looking forward to what God's going to do this week. And I mentioned this morning, you've prayed all year. You've given all year. You've sacrificed and labored. So man, get in on it. And uh, don't let a day go by without letting God speak to you and do something great in your heart and life. I'll get out of the way in a hurry and let uh, Brother Blue come. One of my favorite preachers in all the world. I had the privilege to sit under him uh, when I was attending Bible college. And uh, there's been a lot of Brother Blue come out in my preaching through the years. And I thank you, preacher, for your investment into my life. First Samuel chapter 17 tonight. Uh, this morning, if you were in the service, we preached on... The old story or the story of Saul and David, that old story, it recurs over and over again. It's in every church, every country, uh, every race of people, that old story of Saul and David. Tonight I want to look a little further, uh, come back to David's life, and again use David tonight and just continue on that theme of David being a type of the Lord Jesus Christ But I want to take it a different direction this evening. I started stepping on some of this this morning because it was so much in my heart. Brother Gravely mentioned that, um, I don't know, when guys say this, it's either good or bad. I don't know, but he mentioned when I got finished and he was coming up to the platform or the microphone, he said that uh, I haven't talked to Brother Brown at all. And I knew what he meant by that. But here's the thing. Uh, I know God told me to preach what I'm preaching uh, like I'm breathing. What I mean by that is God just put this on me at my church and this thing I'm preaching tonight is brand new. God gave this to me on an airplane flying to Colorado and told me to preach it. So I, I don't, uh, I don't go around asking pastors what, you know, what do you need me to preach on or what needs to be done? I want God to do a work and I trust that that's what you want as well. First Samuel 17, uh, will be very brief for sake of time in reading the scripture, but uh, look with me in verse number 20. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper. He rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went and Jesse, as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. Now you know what's going on here if you've read your Bible much at all or heard much preaching. Uh, Saul and his men are in a bad situation. Nobody is wanting to face this giant. David, in obedience to his father, is come down and uh, he is leaving and he's come down to the battle. Now verse number 28, the Bible said he's, he's here now. He's arrived and Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David and he said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I found it interesting this morning. I didn't labor it, but I found it interesting when they told Saul who David was, when Saul had this evil spirit upon him. They they told Saul about David, and when when Saul heard of David, here's what he said in verse 19. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. He's with the sheep. Samuel, I'll tell you where he found David when he went down to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel. Jesse said, Well, I've got a younger son, but he's out tending the sheep. 
Do you know where a good place to find Jesus is? A good place to find Jesus is with the sheep. He's going to be taking care of his sheep. He's going to be feeding his sheep. He's going to be loving on his sheep. And I'll tell you this, if you have a hard time finding Jesus uh, and you claim to be saved by the grace of God, it may be time to check up on a few things in your life. Jesus hangs out with his sheep just like David did. David, this shepherd, being a type of Christ. But I'm interested in the fact that alive asked him in chapter uh, 17, verse 28, he said, With whom... Hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Well, verse number 20 that tells us exactly who he left them with. The Bible said that he rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper. I want to preach for a few minutes tonight on this thought. The keeper of the sheep. The keeper of the sheep. I mentioned to you that David, we're going to let him continue to be this type of the Lord Jesus Christ. But tonight I want to use this keeper as a type of a local New Testament pastor who the sheep have been entrusted to by the king, by the Savior, the shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. When we read the text, there are two questions that come to mind as we examine here. The first question has to do with David and where he is and the, or where he was. And the second question has to do with the keeper And who he was. First of all, where was David? Well, I would say to you, first of all, that David was away fulfilling his father's will. David just didn't up and leave because he didn't love the sheep. David was away fulfilling what his father had told him to do. You see, Jesus has not left us here tonight uh, because he does not love us. Jesus is away in person tonight fulfilling his father's will, fulfilling that plan until that plan is complete. Uh, and one day we will see him face to face. But until that time, Jesus is away fulfilling his father's will. Number two, I'll tell you where David was. David was away fighting his family's enemies. You see, Goliath and the Philistines were not only the enemies of these soldiers here that day, but they were the enemies of all of Israel. They hated Israel. I want you to understand, as I said this morning, Jesus is willing to fight every one of your battles and every one of my battles if we'll just let him. And David, though he went down to this battle to do his father's will, he got down there and he was willing to fight. And I want you to know, thank God, that Jesus will fight for you if you will let him. Number three, I'll tell you why David was away or where. David was. David was away fortifying a sure future. Okay, y'all are not near as excited. I mean, I'm not clear about it or y'all are not near as excited about it as I was when God was giving it to me. He is fortifying a sure future. What's the Lord Jesus Christ doing for you and I right now? He is fortifying a sure future. He's made us a promise. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself. Uh, that where I am there, you may be also. I want you to know he's coming again. He's fortifying a sure future. See, if these men would have lost to that giant that day, all their future, all their hope would have been gone. And I want you to know Jesus has never lost a battle to the devil. He's never lost a battle to the world. And if he could tonight, our future, uh, we would have no future. But thank God tonight he is the champion of champions. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he has secured for you and I a sure future. That is where David was. So that's the first question. Where was David? 
The second question, and when we read this text, is who was the keeper? Who was the keeper? Now, we're not told a lot, but I do know this. First of all, now keep in mind, this keeper, we're looking at him tonight as a local New Testament pastor. I don't think churches realize how important their pastor is in the scheme of things that God has put together uh, for his church. I'll tell you a little bit about the keeper, what I've seen in the text. Number one, his celebrity seems to be unimportant in this matter of keeping sheep. His celebrity seems to be unimportant in this matter of keeping the sheep. What I mean is we're not, we don't know his name. We don't know his status in the community. All we know, Brother Goolsby, is the Bible said that he was a keeper. He was a keeper of sheep. And I'm going to tell you something tonight, friend. Your pastor is seeking no celebrity. God got him off the backside of nowhere, plugged him into heaven, put Jesus down in his heart, filled him with the Holy Ghost, put him at Bible Baptist Church, and look what God has done. He seeks no celebrity for his life or for his family preaches all over the country and if you talk to him one on one you'd never know it he never brags on himself I tell you that's the characteristic of a real shepherd the real shepherds are concerned about the sheep they're not concerned the keepers are not concerned about their self or their own welfare but real keepers of sheep are concerned about them sheep his celebrity seems unimportant. we got a lot of men that are more worried about their celebrity status than they are the status of their sheep. And that's why churches are dying. And that's why the Christians in this generation, uh, they don't know anything about the Bible and Bible doctrine. It's because shepherds uh, are not concerned about the welfare of their sheep. But honey, tonight, uh, before your head hits the pillow, you are to get somewhere and get on your knees and thank God that you've got a man of God, that you've got a keeper tonight that is concerned about feeding you the Word of God, that's concerned about old-time religion. He's not concerned about his celebrity. He's concerned about the Savior. His celebrity seems to be unimportant in this matter of keeping sheep. I don't see a doctorate degree. I don't see his name on a billboard. I dare say he probably didn't send David a resume on the internet saying he's a keeper of a sheep. I'll just throw this in right here. I was just taught, they just taught me back in Bible college, if you'll just trust God, he'll open the doors that need to be open and keep the doors closed that need to be closed. Only problem with that is I've seen some of them same men that taught that years ago seeming like they're trying to open their own doors now. No celebrity. He's just a keeper. Number two, I'll tell you who the keeper is. I see that his, his celebrity seems to be unimportant, but his counting seems to be most highly important in this matter of keeping sheep. What do you mean by counting, preacher? Well, 1 Timothy 1.12, Paul said it this way. He said, I thank Christ, Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. (laughs) His celebrity seems to be unimportant, but his counting seems to be most highly important. This counting, this matter of counting. Barnes said it this way. 
He said, for that he counted me faithful. This is equivalent to the saying that he reposed confidence in me. It means there was something in the character of Paul and his attachment to the Savior on which reliance could be placed or that there was that which gave assurance that he would be faithful. Can I say it this way? In other words, David trusted the keeper. And because David trusted the keeper, David's sheep were able to trust the keeper as well. I said, David, you say, well, I I just don't know. I mean, listen to me. If God has entrusted a man, God's sheep can entrust that man. Are you listening to me? And if God has counted a man faithful, he's, he's, he's entrusted him with the ministry. And God, it won't be hard for God's people, God's sheep, to entrust that man to oversee them. You see, there's a lot of churches that want a preacher. But they don't want a keeper. There's a lot of churches, man, they, they want somebody to preach to them on Sunday morning, Sunday night, make them feel good and, and, and beg God for revival, but they don't want a real keeper because, you see, a real keeper is going to get involved with the sheep. He's concerned about them. He has been entrusted. Honey, I want you to understand something. A real keeper didn't volunteer to be a keeper. He is called. He is enabled. He has been counted by an almighty God as being faithful to be a keeper of the sheep. I want to show you four things real quickly. Four things or three things that the keeper proves to the sheep about David. Now, I want to say this. The keeper, the keeper of the sheep, he's not David. He's just the keeper. Does everybody understand that? I, I understand. I don't have to say this here. We got a lot of men lording over God's heritage. God's never called a man to lord over his sheep. There's one Lord, there's one God. And God's never called his men to lord over the flock. But he has called his men to lead the flock. And though the keeper is not David, he is, can I say it this way? He is standing in the place of David. He is representing David to the sheep. Three things that the keeper proves about David to the sheep. Number one, the keeper proves David's love for his sheep. The keeper proves David's love for the sheep. Here's how I get that idea by, the, by just defining the word keeper. They tell me it comes uh, from a primitive root and it means properly to hedge about with thorns. It means to guard. It means generally to protect, to attend to. It means to be circumspect, to take heed, to mark, look narrowly, observe, preserve, to regard. It means to save and to watch them. When David left to do his father's bidding uh, and the sheep looked up, they wasn't standing there alone. David had put in his place a keeper. And the first thing that that keeper uh, proved to those sheep is that David still loved those sheep. Honey, I'm I'm probably going to get ahead of myself right here, but I want to just say to you uh, that, listen, there are many people that struggle with this thing about God loving them uh, And does God still love me and I've messed up? And does God care about me? I'm going to tell you there are 
are, the Bible is full of ways and promises to prove to you that God loves you and cares about you. We could preach on Calvary. We could preach on heaven, the promises of God. But you hear me, Bible Baptist Church, there is one surefire way that God proves His love to you every week of your life, three times a week, when God stands the man of God up in front of you and He begins to thunder the Word of God. He's proven to you He's not left you alone. But honey, He's raised up a man to stand in His stead and break the bread of life and give you the Word of God and what you need to make it in this whole world. I tell you every week, you say, how does that prove? I tell you how it proves it. Back years ago, as a little old boy, God went to the slums of Chatsworth, Georgia, and He picked him up and sent a bus by His way. And he did somebody took him to the house of God. And I'll tell you this, he had his soul in mind. But honey, he had Bible Baptist Church providently in his mind when he reached down and he picked him up and he saved him. He said, I'm going to prove to the Bible Baptist Church that I love those sheep because I'm going to save him. I'm going to raise him up, fill him with the power of God, give him a message, and I'm going to prove to my sheep that I've not left them alone. Every week of your life, whoa, hallelujah. Every week of your life, when your pastor stands up and says, open your Bible, you need to just take a moment to realize heaven, Jesus is leaning over the banisters to say, I just wanted to remind you on a Sunday morning, whoa, I'm still in love with you. Hey, I want to say this to the anchor. Listen, Brother Haney, every time that he stands up and breaks open the bread of life, he is telling your church, I just want you to know that I love you. God didn't save Ricky Gravely just to be saving him. Amen. Oh, yes. God saved him to do some saving. Every time, I tell you, the keeper proves David's love for his sheep. You see, it was David's responsibility to get a keeper. And David, our heavenly David, the Lord Jesus Christ, it's his responsibility to make sure there's keepers in every local New Testament church that he's raised up for his glory. I tell you this, the keeper, he protected the sheep while David was away. Man, you know why he gets upset sometimes? You know, and it's not that he's upset with you. He's just upset about some things that's going on within you, around you, towards you. You know why? Because he's the protector of the sheep. He's the, that's what God's called him to do is protect. He's the keeper. He is the keeper of the sheep, and God has called him to protect the sheep. 
That was the keeper's job. And see, David, he had to go away to do his father's will. But thank God, God has raised up some men to protect God's sheep in this day and hour. You say, how does he do it, honey? He just keeps handing out truth Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. He just keeps setting truth on the table, shoveling truth out. He just keeps magnifying Christ, reminding you, David's coming. David's coming. David's coming. David's coming. He not only protected the sheep, but he provided for the sheep while David was away. It was the keeper's responsibility to provide. I would say this about the provision, though. The provision had already been sought out. The provision provision just needed to be handed out. And the provision would never run out. You see, David took care of that business before he left. All that, she, all, that, all that keeper had to do when he come in is just put the provision out there. It was already in place. David wasn't going to leave his sheep without. He just wanted the keeper to make sure he was providing. I'm glad, honey, thank God, the keeper, the shepherd left us with plenty of provision, but it's his job to hand it out. However, the shepherd has left it for him. And some Sundays, some, I'm telling you, it'll be shouting and we'll be hanging from the chandeliers and some Sundays he's going to preach you through the back pew. But that's how the shepherd wanted it because that's how he left it. I say this, he protected the sheep, he provided for the sheep, but he was the person for the sheep while David was away. Anything with two heads is a freak. There's one pastor. There's one pastor of the Bible Baptist Church. I appreciate good deacons and this church has them. I know these men. I respect these men. But there's one pastor. I appreciate anybody that sits on the board of trustees, but there's one pastor. I appreciate the leadership of this church and the Sunday school teachers and the choir director, but there's one pastor. Amen. Amen. There's one keeper them sheep need to look to. It's the man. It is the man that David has set in place for that local assembly. He'll give him the vision. He'll give him the burden. He'll give him the direction that God wants this place to go. I mean, David didn't call that sheep. I mean, David didn't call that keeper to take care of the sheep and then get his neighbor over and say, now here's how I want you to run that keeper. Amen. No, no, no. I believe what he did is when he called that, he said, I, now i got to go away. But as I go away, here's exactly how I want you to take care of things while I'm gone. Them are my sheep, and I want you to make sure that when I get back, they're all accounted for. You see, he told David exactly how he wanted those sheep to be taken care of. Number two, the keeper proves David's love for his sheep. But second of all, the keeper proves David's loyalty to his sheep. You get down to verse number 28. Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Who have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? You read the text, you'll find out David never acknowledges his eldest brother's remark about them sheep. He stays focused on the task at hand. Jesus is focused on the task at hand. 
And one reason he's comfortable with that test, of course, I know he's God, but he's got keepers in place that prove his loyalty to his sheep. Two things I'd say to you. Number one, David knew that the keeper was caring for the sheep while David was caring for them both. You see, when David left, he said, take care of my sheep. I'm going to go down here and take care of everybody. I'm going to go take care of everybody. And I say this to any preacher here. I know sometimes it looks like it looks bleak, and I know it sometimes it looks like, man, we're on our own. But just remember, David went down there and took care of us all while he's called us to take care of his sheep. The keeper had a job, and so did David. I would say, number two, his loyalty. The keeper was only there until the shepherd returned for his sheep. You're going to find out in a minute. You say, yeah, but David's down there fighting the battle. And the Bible said Saul, he, he kept him at the house. Let him, and you, but you're going to find out. David goes back. David goes back down there to where them sheep are at. The keeper is there until the shepherd returns for the sheep. And I'm going to tell you what God has done. He's placed a keeper at every church that he's raised up. And the keeper's job is to keep those sheep and prove God's love to them. And then to prove his loyalty to them. Not the, not the keeper's loyalty, but the keeper was there to remind those sheep. I mentioned this, I got ahead of myself, but he's coming back. Every day, I'm sure that when the shepherd let them out, I mean, that keeper let them out into green pastures, they were reminded that there was a day that David did that. I'm sure every day when the, when the keeper let them down to the still waters, that they were reminded that there was a day when David did that. But David's not there. But I remind, I, listen, I can't help but to think that when they went out in those pastures and down by those rivers, I can't help but think that the keeper's going, hey, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, David's coming back. Keep your head up. David's coming back. Eat a little bit longer, David's coming back. Drink a little bit more, David's coming back. Well, I I can imagine one of the sheep finally turns and said, you've been saying that for a little while now. How long do you reckon? I don't know, but I feel like it's going to be real soon. He said he wouldn't be gone long. He's coming back. He's coming back. I'd say to you that my job's over. When David returns. It's over. I'm just a keeper. The shepherd's on his way. And he'll be back soon. But until then. (laughs) I got to keep doing my job. Number three and I'm done. The keeper proves David's love for his sheep. He proves David's loyalty to his sheep. But the keeper proves that David lives for his sheep. You see, Goliath, he wanted to take David's life. And had he been able to, it would have meant that the lives of his sheep would have been taken as well. I, want you, I, I think it's good to note right here that the sheep never, they never even knew that David was fighting a battle to preserve their lives. You say, well, they're, they're just sheep. I mean, what do they matter? Well... We don't look like much to everybody else. 
Eliab even said to David, he said, who have you left those few sheep with? We don't look like much to the world. God's people, we don't look like much to the world. We look small in number. We don't look like much. But we sure mean a whole lot to him. We sure mean a whole lot to David. And the keeper proves David lives for the sheep. Every day, the keeper reminds them, I mentioned that he's coming, but that he lives. I'm sure sometimes those sheep got nervous and they wondered, is David okay? Think David's all right? You see, David was down there fighting a battle that they had no idea he was fighting. David's okay. And he lives tonight so that we can live. And Brother Laddie, the only reason those sheep were able to keep living is because David was living. And as long as David was living, those would be David's sheep and them sheep were going to be okay. And I want to remind you tonight that it's the shepherd's job, it's the keeper's job to remind you as long as David's living, we're going to be living. And as long as David's okay, his sheep's going to be okay. They're going to remain his sheep. And the last time I checked, he's not lost one of them. He's not lost one of them. David reminded Saul. He went down to the battle. He said, hey, he said, uh, there was a lion and a bear come along. And he said, I, I, he said, I went after him and I, I, with my own bare hands. I rescued them from the mouth of the lion and the mouth of the bear. I want you to know something tonight, church. David, he loves the sheep. And David, he is loyal to his sheep. I want you right now to stand. Anybody right now, anybody who God has not been loyal to, I want you to stand up and tell about it. Because I'm highly persuaded there's not an individual sitting here tonight that God has not been loyal to when he should have put us in a ditch a long time ago and let us die in our own self and our own sin. But God has been loyal to you and me. He's loyal to his sheep. He don't give up on us, Brother Haney. He's loyal. But he lives for his sheep. He lives for his sheep. He's coming back. I mentioned this morning to you that that cross, Jesus didn't die for himself. He died for you and me. But three days later, Jesus didn't get up for himself. He got up for you and me. He lives. Man, that that strikes a chord in me. I hope it does you. I mean, I'm probably doing a pitiful job of trying to relay the, the message here, but I want you to understand that he lives for the sheep. You don't live without him living. You see, we, some of us have been saved so long now that we have forgot, like I mentioned this morning, where we actually come from. 
and that we were dead in trespasses and in sin. But God, who is rich in mercy, I'm telling you, honey, He passed by and lifted us out and and saved us and transformed us and gave us new life. And because He lives, we live also. Paul said it this way. He said, I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. Because he lives. His sheep live. He lives for... Do you understand something today, Brother Chris? He's living today so that you can live today. Everything you have today, every blessing, everything, it is because he lives David That keeper proved that David lives for his sheep. See, that wasn't David's battle to go fight. David come back down there telling them about it. I'm sure them sheep were glad to hear that David went and fought a battle that they'd never won. He lives so that you can live. The keeper of the sheep. Brother Gravely, would you come for just a second? No, I won't. He's told me to give an invitation. Did you hear me? He is my friend and has been a friend to me for 20 years. But God has given you a jewel. He has given you a jewel. And every opportunity you get, you need to understand. You you need to be reminded that God is showing you some things through this keeper about himself. But the reason he can do that is because he raised this man up. And this man was willing to be raised up. And every chance you get, you're to thank him. You're to hug his neck, shake his hand. You, you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue what he goes to bed with every night. Matthew, I want you to think about it. Where's, you, where's Titus? Is he sitting there? You and your family. He's the keeper. This ain't, you ain't his sheep. You're his sheep. He's keeping watch. If something was to happen to you on his watch, he's got to give an account for it. Now, see, here's the thing. It don't take that keeper long when he gets down there. He starts feeling about them sheep the way David feels about the sheep. So if something happens to you, it affects him. You get sideways on God, it affects him. You get an attitude, you get a bad spirit, it affects him. You know why? He's the keeper of the sheep. Now, I can't explain to you tonight, I cannot put it in words, how a real man of God feels about his sheep. But if you're not a pastor, you do not understand it. Because God gives a man of God, He gives a man of God a love and a passion for them sheep 
like nobody else has. And I promise you tonight, listen to me, you have no idea what he goes to bed with and what he wakes up with in the morning because he's concerned about getting you to David, about you seeing David, about you understanding David. You understand what I'm saying? You don't understand. You could talk to his wife tonight and she couldn't put it in words. You could talk to his girls tonight and they couldn't put it in words. But I promise you tonight, he'd take nothing for it, but you're never going to understand it. So what I would say to Bible Baptist Church is this. Every time you get an opportunity, every time, you hug his neck. He's my preacher. I mean, he's my age, but it's kind of weird, ain't it? But he's my preacher. I mean, we're best friends, but he's my... I mean, I joined the church before I went to Virginia. I guess you're my pastor. Is that right? Does that make you my pastor? Unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> I try to tell him, not just as a friend, but I love him. And I love his wife, and I love his girls. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not look, I don't, I'm not one of them guys that stick your chest out and meet me in the parking lot. That's stupid. But I'd fight you over him. I mean it. I mean it. Listen to me. Don't take him for granted. Because if you ever do, God may pull him up out of here and set him somewhere else to take care of another set of sheep. And you'll look up one day and regret the day you took the keeper for granted. We're standing all over the building. The keeper...